Hamas is not part of the solution. Hamas is part of the problem. We have no intention to go back to Gaza. We left it with the Palestinian government exactly for this. We were hoping to see a flourishing, maybe a new Singapore in the region. This is what we were hoping. Hamas shouldn't be there and Israel shouldn't be there. We are one people, no matter what we believe in. Dette er Ness, en podcast fra Nettavisen. Welcome to Avinir Feltlein, the ambassador of Israel to, to Norway. And uh, Avi, I'm thinking, what is it that we Norwegians don't understand about this conflict? What are our gaps in knowledge seen from your point of view? First, thank you for having me and uh, pleasure to be over here. I really believe that what is happening is, and I can totally understand an average Norwegian that is looking on the region and looking at Israel and what's happening right now in Hamas and Gaza and feeling devastated. Uh, Every loss of civilian life, this is devastating and I can only identify and show solidarity as well. The problem that people are not realizing is that we are a fighting a terror organization that is totally dedicated to say that even if we're having ceasefire, if we agree to ceasefire, we will cease and then we will continue to fire. We had a ceasefire two weeks ago. We had a ceasefire on 6th of October. Uh, but they are totally dedicated to a total destruction of Israel. They don't want to have a ceasefire. So basically, we have no other choice but to fight for our life. And what else people don't understand, that Hamas is not representing the Palestinian people. What they do represent is the people of, not the people, sorry, the government of Iran. And the government of Iran is having a lot of proxies around us. They're having Hamas in Gaza. They're having Hezbollah in Lebanon. They're shooting on us on a daily basis. They're having the Houthis in Yemen that just yesterday were hitting a Norwegian tanker. So this is our region. And the people in Norway, and I don't blame them, what they see, they're seeing the poor people in Gaza suffering out of a war that shouldn't be part of their war. But Hamas is using them as hostages and using them as a human shield. And, but... Then uh, a lot of people will say, okay, we have Hamas, but Hamas is really a result of Israel, that, that Israel has created this problem. Hamas is part of uh, the region. And Hamas, as I said, is a proxy of Iran. Iran is sponsoring them. Iran is uh, training them. Iran is facilitating them with a weapon. And what they want to achieve is to achieve a jihadist revolution. They don't want to achieve any of the Palestinian goals. They don't want to see a Palestinian state. What they want to achieve is a jihadist caliphate, Muslim caliphate. And it's really coming up together with the interest of Iran. It has nothing to do with Israel. It has nothing to do with the Palestinians. Uh, and this is why... You cannot achieve the day after that the Norwegians so much want to achieve the day after. They want to see it for the benefit of the region, for the benefit of the Palestinian, if Hamas is there. Because Hamas is not part of the solution. Hamas is part of the problem. And will you be successful, you think? Will will you be able to eradicate Hamas in in Gaza? It's not uh, an answer of 100%. This is our aim. We have two aims in the war in Gaza. Uh, and it's important to remember that we didn't initiate the war on October 7. We've been attacked. It was There was a ceasefire and we've been attacked. And we had more than 1,200 people that have been murdered. Babies, women, families, elderly people. Women were raped. We are still having 137 hostages in Gaza by the Hamas. Uh, among them, 17 uh, women and children. The youngest one among them is 11 months old. 
We hope that we'll be able to do it. We need the time to do it. Nobody was a uh, measuring time when the world was fighting uh, ISIS. Nobody was measuring time when the world was fighting Al Qaeda. Norway was sending troops all the way to a different continent, to Afghanistan, to, to, to fight Al Qaeda because Hamas is like ISIS, like Al Qaeda. The world wouldn't be safe until we'll be able to get rid of them. We'll be, uh, we will be successful. I hope so, for our benefit and for the Palestinian benefit, for the benefit of the region. And um, what, what do you see? Uh, I, I listened to uh, an, uh, an Israeli podcast with uh, Dan Rosen, the, the author of yeah. uh, um, Startup Nation. Mm-hmm. And he said that there were really four possibilities uh, in the future for, uh, for Gaza. One was Israeli occupation. The other was uh, complete Israeli uh, withdrawal and, and uh, chaos. And then the third was uh, some kind of uh, uh, international force, peacekeeping force. In uh, Or the last option, which she preferred, was uh, an uh, Arab coalition uh who 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 went in and tried to make Gaza into a uh some kind of du- Dubai on the Mediterranean. Yeah, are, are, are people thinking about that in that in Israel now? What is gonna happen? When we were living in Gaza in two thousand and five, this was exactly what we were hoping. We were hoping to see really a flourishing, independent uh, territory run by a Palestinian government. And when we left Gaza in two thousand and five and we were taking off all of our towns in Gaza We left it with the Palestinian government exactly for this. We were hoping to see a flourishing, maybe a new Singapore in the region. This is what we were hoping. Unfortunately, the government was corrupted and the government was too weak. And two years later, the Hamas were having bloody coup, killing the people from the Palestinian government and taking over as a terror organization of Gaza. We have no intention to go back to Gaza. We are fighting right now in order to ensure our security, to ensure our existence. Basically, in Israel, we're having right now Almost quarter of a million of people displaced, not only from the towns that Hamas were running along the Gaza border, but also five kilometers south from the Lebanese border because Hezbollah is shooting on us. We have no intention to be back in Gaza. We don't have any intention to rule again Gaza. I believe that this should be really for the Palestinian people, for the international community to try to see how this uh, uh, territory can be uh, rebuilt in a peaceful way with a government that is not a terror government, that it's not a corrupted government, that a government that really cares about its own people. We don't want to be part of it. We really uh, left Gaza in order to be to stay out of it. At the end of this war, I don't know what's going to happen, but the day after, Hamas shouldn't be there and Israel shouldn't be there. It should be for the people of Gaza to live their own prosperous life as anyone else deserves to live. How popular do you think Hamas is among the Palestinian population in, in, in Gaza? Have you got any polls on that? It's very hard to get polls from a territory that is under war and under control of a terror organization. But I'm sure that Hamas is much popular today in the West Bank than in Gaza. Because, you know, what? as far as you're getting... It's more popular in the West, in the West Bank, Bank than yeah. in Gaza. From the very simple reason, uh, you're seeing the leaders of Hamas in Qatar. Living in five stars hotel, enjoying good life. Uh, Ismail Ania is having five billion US dollar more than Taylor Swift that has only four billion US dollar. You wonder, wonder where all this money is coming from, from which taxpayer money it's coming from. 
But the people of Gaza, they are the ones who suffer. They realize why do they suffer. So it's very easy to be in support of Hamas when you don't suffer from the Hamas uh, actions. So Hamas is now much more popular in the West Bank because they are not suffering from their actions, but the people of Gaza are suffering. And you're seeing it on camera. How much they protest right now when Hamas is being defeated more and more, how much they are protesting against Hamas because they know that the, this disaster, this devastating situation that they are facing, the, the reason for it is Hamas. Oh, what do you think about the possibility that this this uh, war will uh, expand, for instance, with a war against uh, Hezbollah in, in Lebanon, or that uh, uh, West Bank uh, will also become a front? How, how high is that risk? You know, this is the Middle East. Uh, some Most of the time, things are not being planned. Things are happening, and then they're deteriorating. 7th of October, we didn't imagine that 7th of October is going to happen. The war in Lebanon in 2006, Hezbollah themselves, they said that if they would realize what their action will be bringing upon, they probably wouldn't take their actions. So too many times, miscalculation is leading to terrible results, terrible wars. We don't want to see a war with Lebanon, not with Hezbollah. We don't want to see any escalation in the West Bank. We hope that the other side wouldn't uh, drag us over there. Unfortunately, Hezbollah is shooting on us more and more every day since October 7th. The Houthis from Yemen were shooting on us more than 40 ballistic missiles. They are shooting, uh, uh, hitting uh, uh, tankers that are going on the Red Sea on the way towards Israel or Suez Canal. Uh, I don't know how is it going to develop, but Israel is under attack not only from Gaza. Israel is under attack from multi fronts by all, uh, all of them by the octopus that is sitting in Tehran and the Mullah regime. And before 7th of October, the, the view, at least in, in, in Norway, yeah. was that the reports from Israel was that Israel is now a deeply divided nation with uh, a polarization and uh, and and a wide gulf between uh, the government and uh, and the opposition and how how is the internal climate politically in israel today after 7th of october first before october 7th you know this is what is so beautiful about israel you were mentioning you know uh, the startup nation before we are hyperactive society hyperactive on the positive way of this and this we have also democracy that is a hyperactive society you're not happy with the government you're going to the street you protest you have your mind not only every four is in the ballots you're going out to the street to say what you think and yes we had a, a, a gap between many people to the government when the war started Israel haven't been united as it is right now for many years. We had 240,000 Israelis from all over the globe that were returning to Israel, especially to take part in the efforts to go to the to fight in Gaza or to go and volunteer instead of the people that have been drafted, the reservists that have been drafted. 240,000 people who jumped on a plane to fly back to Israel. Right, right. And, and you know, uh, there are not too many flights to Israel right now because only the Israeli airlines are flying to Israel. So it's very hard to get seats. It's very expensive. And people are fighting on each and every seat in order to be able to go back to Israel and to be part of what is happening. Some of them have been drafted as reservists. Some of them have been killed. Those that were coming from abroad have been killed already in Gaza. Others, you know, uh, will be going to volunteer instead of people that are, instead of going to work are now in the army. It's amazing to see the nation is so united. And when I'm saying it's so united, it's not only about the Jewish people. It's Jewish people, Christians, Muslim, Druze, all of them are very much united. 
it's interesting to see how the society came as one. What has been the Muslim population in Israel reaction to the 7th of October? I remember Hamas said on the 7th of October that they now hoped that uh, Palestinian, Israeli Palestinian citizens should revolt. They've been able to achieve completely the opposite because you're seeing, according to the polls, that this is the highest level of identification between the Muslim population in Israel, Arab population of Israel, with the country as a country. You're seeing them volunteering. You've seen them among the people that have been killed and murdered by Hamas. Some of the hostages were Muslims. Uh, Hamas didn't spare them. When Hamas were killing some of the Muslims on October 7th, and they told them, we are Muslims, so Hamas told them, you are worse than the Jews. So they realize that uh, we are one people, no matter what we believe in, no matter if we are Jews or Muslim or Druze or Christians, they understand that we are one nation. And before uh, 7th of October, um, I, I've just been reading the the, the biography or self-biography of, of uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, mm-hmm. where he describes that he decided to uh, that the Palestinians were not really interested in peace and that he instead he wanted to build the technological and economical strength of israel and then have peace with arab nations and then from a position of strength maybe have peace with the palestinians sometimes and to to my eyes it looked like that kind of vision was maybe what hamas wanted to kill on the 7th of October, that they were seeing this uh, common together of Arab nations and Israel. I really believe that what Hamas was trying to achieve on October 7th, it was they were trying to ensure that the normalization with Saudi Arabia that was coming very much closer uh, won't be happening. They were afraid that they're going to be too late to stop normalization with Saudi Arabia. But what was interesting about the normalization with Saudi Arabia was that, not like with the Abraham Accord, in the Abraham Accord, the Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas preferred... The Abraham Accord was, uh, maybe explain what that was. Abraham Accord was signed three years ago between Israel, uh, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and Morocco. Uh, and unfortunately, the Palestinian Authority and Mahmoud Abbas were not part of it. They didn't want to be part of it. They thought that this is against their own interest. Now, the Americans and the Saudis initiated what they call the normalization with Saudi Arabia. This time, Mahmoud Abbas and the uh, Palestinian Authority realized it was a mistake not to join the peace that we were signing with the Gulf countries, and they wanted this time to be part of it. So they were very well coordinated both with Saudi Arabia and with Washington, and this is what Hamas was afraid of. It's Hamas and, again, I'm saying Iran, because at the end of the day, everything is coming from Tehran, and they're afraid that it's, it's coming very close already. And then it will be too late to stop it. And this is why I believe that they choose to have the attack now in order to make sure that the normalization efforts with Israel, not only with Saudi Arabia, but also with the Palestinian, the Palestinian Authority government as part of it, then it will be too late for them to stop it. And this is why they took these uh, actions now. I sense from what you're saying that uh, uh, Israel is now uh, realized that Hamas was an existential threat. Uh, uh, at least that's the uh, perception in Israel, definitely. But that also Iran is an existential threat to Israel if it should achieve nuclear weapons. How far is away are, are nuclear weapons in Iran? And what will happen then if, if they 
and say that we have uh, 10 nukes. Hamas has no ability to exist almost as a power, strong power as it is without Iran. It's, it's all about Iran. Uh, and this is part of the policy to uh, surround Israel with enemies without them getting dirty in those uh, wars and without them paying the price for what they are doing. They are not even paying price internationally uh, because uh, the Minister of Foreign Affairs of Iran is a very much welcomed guest in the UN. But they are the one. They are sacrificing the people of Gaza. They are sacrificing the people of Lebanon. They are sacrificing the people of the Yemen, not for the national interest of the countries. But for the national interest of Iran, it's not even the national interest of Iran because the people of Iran themselves are suffering from the Iranian regime. And we, we just have seen it here in Oslo last weekend when you have been giving the Nobel Peace Prize for uh, prisoners in Iran that fighting the uh, regime over there. About the nuclear uh, program, Iran is saying that they are dedicated to put an end to Israel. So we have no reason to believe that if they will have a nuclear power one day, they wouldn't try to use it. Will they be quick to use it? I'm not sure because they will pay a price. But why should we take the chance? So what what do you think? Could Israel do anything if, if Iran had a nuclear weapon now? Or would it be... Well, my government is saying that we wouldn't allow Iran to have a nuclear weapon. Um, I guess that we will have to take actions to ensure that they wouldn't have a nuclear weapon. It can be done diplomatically. This is much better. It can be done through an agreement. This will be much better. But we cannot take a chance that Iran will have a nuclear power. Okay. I I think we're going in in, in for a landing here. But do you, do you believe that Norway has a different uh, discourse or argument regarding this conflict than other Western countries? We have a lot of appreciation to Norway. What I believe is that uh, Norway is still sticking to the same ideas and policies of October 6th and don't realize that our world has totally changed on October 7th. And ceasefire is important. And reaching the day after is important. The question is, how do you reach a ceasefire that the other side is also committed? As I said, not that we seize and they fire. The second is, how do you ensure with the ceasefire that really uh, the hostages are being released? There's no any uh, way to uh, promise it by ceasefire. And the third, which is the most important one probably is, how do you reach the day after that Norway want to achieve? I, I totally appreciate the day after that want, Norway want to achieve. But Hamas, with Hamas government, will prevent reaching the day after. And this is where the gap is. I have no differences with Norway about the day after. The question is, how do you reach it? And definitely ceasefire. Ceasefire for us, it will be commit suicide. Because Hamas is saying, we will repeat October 7th again and again until we put an end to Israel. Thank you very much uh, for, for visiting, Avi. Thank you for having me, Ole. And uh, wishing uh, you and uh, your followers a Happy New Year and a Merry Christmas. That's Ness, a podcast from Netavisen.